And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners, and you're very welcome to another edition of the We Are Me podcast, brought to you by Davey Rispin and Mickey Brennan. And uh, Davey, uh, I suppose with, with all the championship finals, uh, the football championship finals over and stuff, you know, we thought things were going to quieten down a bit, but sure, you know, the Leinster championship came thick and fast uh, for the men and, and, and the women, some of the men and some of the women's teams and meet, and of course, so we had the, the minor details of Hurling finals, senior hurling final and intermediate hurling finals and camogie finals. Does, does, does the GA ever stop, Dean? <laughs> Thankfully not, Mickey, because we'd be badly <laughs> stuck if it did. Um, we'd uh, we'd have to go back and do all sorts like we did in lockdowns and stuff to try and keep people entertained but uh no thankfully it's going it's, it's going swimmingly isn't it you know we're in the last almost in the last week of november um and as you say it's still going from strength to strength and hopefully you know some of the clubs both in, in lads and ladies will give us uh, a, a great winter and shorten the winter going into the new year yeah absolutely and uh We'll be getting to some of the results from the weekend fairly quick, but I suppose there's only one place to start, Davy Rispin, this week um, on the podcast, and uh, I'll bless myself when I come to it. It is, of course, Ola Gunnar Solskjaer leaving Manchester United. Um, I'm sure that we've got some Instagram interactive, which we'll come to later on, obviously, in the show, but uh, Ole is no longer at the wheel. Yeah, I'm as disappointed as you are, Mickey, um, as are most non-Manchester United fans. But uh, yeah, God almighty, he was a dead man walking for a long, long time. And uh, he's finally been relieved of his duties. He's yeah. the yeah. latest managerial uh, casualty now to join the managerial <laughs> Well, look, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, with over 50% of the clubs in need looking for managers, Manchester United are going to have a, a tough time finding a replacement for Ole. And you never know. You might see Ole in the in the mid championship managing somebody between junior, intermediate and senior next year. But uh, who'd, who'd want to do you this stage? I was just going to say, I, I think you'd be badly stuck if you wanted Ole to soldier at your club. But as you say, Mickey, there's that many vacancies that some clubs, um, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, just because... Uh, uh, Arsenal had a, a nice little uh, run of it there. What was it? Eleven games unbeaten, and then he has played a, a top half of the table team, and, and, and it all came to a. Uh, are, are United still in? The top Sorry, are United still in the top half? Look, 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 look! You're 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 you're, you're splitting hairs now, Dave. What, what goes around comes around, <laughs> baby. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, this is the GAA podcast, so we're going to drag us ourselves back out of that, you know, because neither of us. Um, can really be throwing stones at the moment at each other. But uh, yeah, look, um, we will come back to that 
Um, obviously, when we like if, uh, appoint a, a big name manager, um, like Arteta or something like that. Anyways, Davy, results. We've got a few results in from the weekend, and uh, I suppose we'll start with the football results. And uh, in the Leinster uh, Junior Championship, it was, of course, St Vincent's to me champions going off to face off against Glen Emmett's, um, a team that Hugh Durgan would have had. A lot of knowledge of, let's just say, going into that game, he is a loud man himself. He was over at Line Emmett's uh, up until last year, I believe, and uh, didn't really pay any dividends knowing that Line Emmett's team because they came away with the victory, 213 to 10 points in drawdown on Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I disappointed Mickey from a St. Vincent's standpoint. They didn't perform. In fact, it was probably the worst I've seen them in quite some time, to be to be brutally honest with you. It, it is oftentimes hard to sort of lift yourself after winning a championship and going a couple of weeks later, getting the same sort of intensity and in training, getting everybody really focused on the task at hand, particularly when I suppose they're a side in which haven't really had major success in championship Um I, I know they played in Leinster in 2018, but they were beaten finalists that year to St. Peter's Dunboyne, so it was a different sort of uh, proposition. But they, they they came back well in the second quarter. They were six points to one down just after the first water break, Mickey. Um, they went on to hit four points in a row to narrow the deficit to one. And that's how it stayed at uh, halftime, seven points to six. So well in the game. No Connor Grimes for Glenn Emmett's, of course, the county man. He didn't play, so that was a huge sort of fillet for um, St. Vincent's before the game. But Started the second half, they were absolutely outplayed. Uh, Glenn Emmett's turned the screw. They hit, um, what did they hit, Mickey? They hit two goals, but they also uh, kept Vincent scoreless uh, until 25 minutes into the second half, which was huge. Um, in that time, Vincent's had two black cards to their captain, Ryan Hand, and the influential Connor Harford as well. Um, and that put paid to their hopes. They did finish well. They hit the last four scores of the game, but it was all academic in the end. Um, as Glenn Emmett's ran out comfortable victors, I suppose. A disappointing year to an otherwise um, fantastic year for Hugh Dorgan's side. They'll be disappointed, I suppose, but on reflection, they'll they'll look forward to the bit of a break that they're going to have now and try and refocus the minds for intermediate football. Yeah, a disappointing end to uh, what was such a successful year, picking up three trophies um, in the one calendar year. Um, and I suppose, when you look at it, Davy, as well, St. Vincent's, their own their only task at the start of this year was to win that championship, and you know they've um, they've knocked on the door twice in the last three years. This is their third time in four, four years being in that final, so you can't really uh, blame them for maybe coming going into a bit of a downer after after winning it because the high of winning the championship after being there and, and knocking on the door for the last number of years, I suppose. Uh, it is tough to go into a Leinster campaign after after that kind of a victory. Yeah, and some pretty wild celebrations as well would have probably taken their toll as well on the Vincent's Mickey. But Lucas, I suppose when you when you take it on the face of it too, Glen Emmett's are a side who have won four, three or four loud championships yeah. in the last 10 years. So they have great experience going into Leinster, whereas Vincent's don't really have that. And it's okay doing it in, in Mead and sort of you know the teams are going to be coming up against week in, week out. When you go into Leinster, Albeit Hugh would have known the team, Vincent's wouldn't have. It's a completely different proposition. You're going up to draw Drogheda on, on their home patch. It's a difficult enough scenario to, to face them. Um, but but uh, yeah, look, as you say, I, I just think they struggle to get to the pitch of it, to be honest with you. A lot of the basic errors, which we'd 
the, the basics which we associate with Vincent's doing so well was what really went against them at the weekend. Um, but yeah, one of those, they'll, they'll brush it aside and they'll, they'll go again next year. Yeah, and we will be doing a full review on our Loyal Royals service over on Patreon forward slash We Are Mead. And we have interviews with Hugh Jorgen, uh, Nigel Nidgey Hand and uh, Connor Harford from that game as well. And if you want to head over there, we also have couple more loyal loyals, but we'll let you know about them as the show goes uh, goes along. Davy, um, uh, in football and circles from Mead in the Leinster Club Championship was the turn of the ladies as well on the weekend, and uh, you know that it, 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 it's it's nearly just standard now that you, you mentioned the Mead ladies team or even the Mead ladies club team and a victory beside them. And um, Navin O'Matney's were out on Saturday uh, against Kilcock in the intermediate. You know, Navin O'Matney's going from strength to strength at the moment. 214 to Navin O'Matney's, 4-4 to Kilcock, four-point win for um the Navin O'Matney's side. And what it's it's just fabulous. Like they're 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 riding the crest of a wave at the moment as well. They are, and uh, of course that was a rematch of the game last year against Kilcock in the junior Leicester junior. championship. Absolutely incredible to think both of them went into intermediate and won the respective championships, you know, 12 months on. It shows the progression, the growth and, and the, the success, I suppose, in, in both of the clubs, Mickey, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think it might be two years, is it? Um, oh, two, two years. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so, so, so both of them win their junior two years ago. They consolidate themselves as intermediate teams and then go on and win their respective intermediate championships in the same year as well and they meet up with each other. Um, but phenomenal stuff from Navin O'Matney's. Uh, they're flying high at the moment. And then on Sunday, Davy, it was the turn of the Dunboyne ladies. Um, they came up against Westmead outfit Milltown and, you know, quite a convincing win, 3-16 to 1-7. Um, I suppose in the first half, they probably didn't have things all their own way, but by God, did they come out in the second half and, and blow the Westmead out for the way. Yeah, sort of as predicted. And, you know, home advantage being made to count as well. I know Vicky Wall, of course, recently crowned um, player of the year in the country, um, was outstanding in the midfield. She hit one three from play on the day. Emma Duggan, typically unplayable, as was Shelley Mealy, who was so good in the county final as well. They're, they're a strong side. We've kind of tipped them up to go well in Leinster and that sort of margin of victory or that sort of emphatic nature of a performance in Leinster doesn't really surprise me. Bigger challenges, of course, lie ahead. You know, Fox Rock, Cabin Tealy are, are sort of waiting in the wings. I think they've done six in a row in Dublin now. They've been a formidable side in, in Leinster and All-Ireland circles. But make no mistake about it, this Dunboyne ladies team are well set for a tilt at them. Yeah, they really are. And uh, we're going to follow uh, the Dunboyne ladies a bit breath this year because as Davy said you know Fox Rock Cabin Tealy will be their probably their biggest test in Leinster this year if they can get over them the sky's the limit for this Dunboyne ladies team um, Davy we'll move on now to the hurling end of things and we had two finals that I can uh, see there from the weekend I think there may have been three as well actually I'll go in there I think we did have the Junior 2 hurling final as well and um, yeah the Junior 2 Hurling uh, Championship final was played on Saturday and uh, Drumree came away with the victory here 2-7 to Kildalki's 10 points and then in the K-Windows Junior Hurling final this is the that was the Junior 2 it was Kilmesson 15 points uh, oh, that was last week was it Davey? Yeah that was last Saturday 
Yeah, we had that one down already. And then um, from the intermediate uh, final, it was Boards Mill, four goals and 12 to Drummerie's one goal and 14. That was after extra time. And then in the senior final on Sunday, Kildalki coming away with a massive victory here. 18 points to Kiltail's two goals and six. And I suppose the goals kept Kiltail in that game for long portions of the game. But Davey, looking at the Boards Mill one, um, Boards Mill trailed by seven points in that game. Uh, came back to draw level and then just pushed on an extra time to really hammer home uh, the victory against Drumree. Yeah, absolutely incredible stuff, Mickey, um, at the debt from Boards Mill to, uh, to to get that goal to send it to extra time. It was Fergal Flattery almost with the last puck of the game to astonishingly pull them out of the fire or the mire, you could say, against Drumree, who looked sewn up to win an intermediate but Boards Mill of course only beaten in the intermediate final a matter of months ago at the hands of Wolf Tones and you know getting over the line this time a really impressive extra time showing and that sort of scoreline illustrates how impressive they were in that Danny Dixon and Fergal Flattery shared three goals and uh, three or sorry four goals and three points between them of course Danny Dixon the county footballer was absolutely outstanding Neely McLaughlin the captain of the side hit five points. He was outstanding. And, you know, Stevie Gibbons and Liam O'Brien were very good players as well in that win. Um, great for them because I know they have they were a little bit disappointed with how the football sort of petered out for them, having had a really good start. So they've had, Vinnie Guy's had the chance, I suppose, to focus solely on Hurland for the last few weeks. And that's really stood them in good stead. They came through a tight semi-final. Um, and, you know, the, the final was going to be no differently. Obviously, Drumree putting it up to them were, you know, looks full on to, to go up and win and, and play senior hurling next year. But it's Boards Mill who've eventually got there, Mickey, at the second time of asking and uh, what a win. Yeah, absolutely incredible. It finished 3-7 to 1-13 at the end of normal time. But uh, the Boards Mill men scored um, Drumree 1-5 to a point in that extra, uh, extra time at the end of the game. So uh, fabulous win there for Boards Mill. And probably... Uh, a headache for the new management in there, Davy. Um, when you consider the amount of crossover they have between the hurling and the football, and you know, there's huge potential in that football team to go on, but now they're going to be playing senior hurling next year. Maybe their mind might be to play a bit more hurling or you know, to try and consolidate themselves back in senior hurling. It's a hard one, Mickey, because like we've seen Wolf Tones going up this year and, and really struggling at senior hurling. It, it's a massive step up. And even though they'll go into that Group B, which is the perceived easier group, there's still a lot of kind of seasoned uh, teams in that. You know, the likes of Blackhall Gales, Clan of Gale, um, you know, decent outfits probably. So it, it's going to be tough for them. But, you know, they, they have that massive crossover. I think Shane Mangan and Stephen Quirk will be well aware of how important hurling is in Boards Mill. Ultimately, they're they're probably better renowned or more renowned for hurling than they are football. So it's just going to be something that the new management regime are going to have to work with and, and try and make work. To be fair to Vinnie Guy, he's he's he gets it, you know, he's played a bit of football in his time too. He won't sort of crack the whip and he'll he'll work with the lads as, as much as possible. It's not an ideal scenario, but they're just one of these clubs like we, we know so many of them are that have this dual aspect. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you, you know, I suppose they'd prefer to have that uh, issue than, than to not have that issue. You know, like it's uh, when you're our dual club, you want to have your players playing at the best uh, level that they can in both codes. And um, Davy, moving on then to the senior final taking place at Sunday in Park College, it was Kiltail, as I said, two goals and six, Kildalki, 18 points, and uh, 
have to say, Kildalki were, you know, full value for this victory, led from start to finish. Um, okay, Kiltil took the lead in, in, in the third minute um, through a free from Jack Regan. But from then on, it was all Kildalki. They drew level uh, on 16 minutes with Marco Sullivan, but that was it. It was uh, it was dominance from start to finish, Davy. And, you know, uh, the captain, Gary Kelly, absolutely huge at the at full back and I, I, I couldn't believe now look it was laden with um, uh, a lot of mistakes from both sides you're talking towards the end of November you know a lot of ground hurling there was a lot of rooks and stuff like that but in the main part Kildaki showed more hunger showed more grit and more determination and and got all their matchups right it was a it was a well deserved win for Kildaki I think when you look at it, Mickey, the stats don't really lie. You know, Kildalki won the group phase of the competition. And we probably suggested at the time that that probably wasn't worth the whole pile. But when you actually look at it now on reflection, Trim sort of fell into fourth. The reigning and defending champions fell into fourth place. And they were put to the sword in the semi-final uh, by Kildalki. Kildalki themselves were the best side in the group stages. And you couldn't argue that they were the best side in the knockout stages of it as well. Um, they were marginal underdogs going into this game. Um, because of, of, I suppose, Kiltail's um, re- rejuvenated nature. But you have to say that, you know, Pato Halloran and, and Daryl Lahert have done a, a magnificent job with these Kildalki fellas. And, you know, I, I suppose if you want to look at it objectively and say, Beliver won the football last year, Kildalki won the hurling the year before, now they followed it up by doing another one this year. It's a great achievement and uh, fantastic for them. Disappointment for Kiltail, Mickey, I suppose, but I think far too many first-half wides only two points scored in the first half, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, only two points scored in the first half. Uh, six wides as well in the first half. Hey, look, Kildaki had five wides as well in the first half. So, um, you know, uh, chances created from both sides, I suppose. Uh, Kildaki had the lion's share. They created 12 chances and converted seven, whereas um, Kiltail created eight and only scored twice. Um, but uh, you, you hit on something there now that, that kind of struck me and I started thinking about it. You said, like, you know, how Kildaki you know, we're top the group um, and we're the form team going into it. When you look across all the championships that we, or 90% of the championships this year, um, and you don't usually see it, a team that's going really well in the early stages of the championship, to go on and bring that form into the knockout stages is, is usually, we say that they peak too early and they lose a quarter or they lose a semi-final or they lose in the final. Um, but across all three championships in the football and in the Hurling, senior Hurling final, the, the form team coming through the group stages was were, were the teams that won each of their respective championships. Like, you'd have to say that Wolf Tones were probably the form team coming through the group that they came through um, and the manner of their victories. Trim were obviously the, the form team in, in the intermediate. Um, St. Vincent's were definitely the, the informed team in junior championship as well and across all of their competitions that they played this year um, and Kildalki as well so an interesting year you don't usually see that informed team going all the way but then again you know it was a shortened year so you didn't have the sort of massive gap between uh, yeah. the cup competition starting in January or February it was a really condensed season so you knew that if you could hit the ground running from the start True. You know, and maintain that form and momentum. It was going to be a short enough run in to the finals, you know. So, um, but but absolutely, I think there's definitely something in it. Vincent's went, Vincent's and Trim in the football went the whole year unbeaten across league and, and cup. Um, you've, you've mentioned obviously 
Kildalki, Boards Mill the same, Wolf Tones were imperious all year round, apart from the couple of finals in the Fesh Cup. So yeah. there's definitely something in that. And uh, you're right, momentum, that, that classic momentum in, in sport, which is so, so important, is further illustrated by that. Yeah, yeah, because I suppose like we used to have our cup in the football, we used to have our and the hurling as well. We used to have a couple of rounds of championship in April, and then there was a gap until yeah. July, and, and and some teams were a completely different team come July, and uh, uh, no more than Simonstown in twenty sixteen, completely different team come July. Um, yeah, it's really really interesting to see that. Maybe we're going to see more teams dominating a whole year, like. We'll say Trim did this year in, in, in at all intermediate uh, trophy level. Um, St. Vincent's did it at junior. Wolf Tones were in this year's cup final as well as being in the championship final. So maybe we're going to see more of that happening where teams will do the double or do the treble within one year, like win the cup competition, win the league and win the championship. It might be harder when if the, if the season reverts back to type um, but absolutely, as long as it's condensed and that, there's an opportunity for clubs to maybe just hit the ground running in whenever it is and, and carry the right the way through. And that was proof in, proof in points uh, this year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn placing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automore. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automore from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coyne & Sons, your authorised Automore dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. Sticking with the, the sticks, Davey, we're going to go on now to the Camogie. And in the Senior 2 final, it was Kiltail, two goals and 12, Clonagale, six points, um, a 12-point victory there for Kiltail. And then in the Senior uh, Camogie final, Kilmesson uh, retaining their, uh, their their trophy from, from, from winning it last year in 2020, uh, 210 to Nafina's 2-7. And I suppose the two best Camogie teams in the county coming up against each other again. Nafina got the better of them two years ago, but Kilmesson have just stamped their authority again and says, hang on a second, that was a blip. Like, it's a lot closer than it was, which is all I think that, that everyone wanted, but you're quite right in what you said. Like, Kilmesson are still the top dogs and Nafina are by far and away the best sides after them. You know what I mean? Um, but absolutely, they've, they've got a challenge now. Do you know, they used to go into these finals and absolutely walk them. Now Nafina are putting it right up to them. It took um, a late goal from Katie Niquillon to um, rubber stamp the victory for Kilmesson and get them over the line. And what sounded like an absolutely terrific game of Camogie, Mickey, Erin Erin Lenny, sorry, was absolutely outstanding for Nafina. She hit 1-7 on the day, five frees, a 45, and a goal and a point from play. And Moira Kirby, who's a goal machine, isn't she? We've seen so much of her. With the county seed this year, she got a typically uh, she got a goal. But if you look down through it, they were the only two scorers for Nafin on the day. Whereas you know on the Kilmesson side of things, Aileen Donnelly, the the veteran, hit five points from freeze. Um, Carrie Doyle got a point. Kelly Gorman got one two. Katie Quillan got a goal and a point. And Nadine Doyle, who was another member of the 
uh, Mead senior Camogie uh, team this year. She came on and got a point. But Megan Tyne was absolutely outstanding. She was the difference. She was everywhere, set the tone. And, you know, when Afina couldn't get to grips with her, she was the difference on the day by all accounts and just about got them over the line. And uh, they're looking forward to a short turnaround. I think they're in action next Saturday, Mickey, um, in the Leinster. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we wish all of the teams uh, that are out in Leinster next weekend the very best of luck. And incidentally, Wolf Tones are not out until the 5th or 4th or 5th of December. And they're going to be taking on uh, the Dublin champions, Kilmacud Croaks. That we presume will be in Navan. It's a home uh, venue for me, anyway, in that one. And of course, Davy Rispin Trim are out uh, this Wednesday coming. Um, in the Leinster and uh, uh, getting their Leinster campaign off to a start. Absolutely, yeah. They're um, going in to take on St. Feckins, uh, so another loud me derby. Uh, this time on, on home soil in Dunham Ashburn on Wednesday night under the lights. There was talk that this game would actually be moved to uh, the weekend have with St. Feckins beaten in the Leinster hurling over the weekend, they thought, but uh, as far as I gathered, it will stay on Wednesday night. Um, Trim, I've had the chance now to, I suppose, solely focus on the, the football having been knocked out of the hurling at the semi-final stage. So they'll be really uh, eager to put a bit of a stamp on this. It's going to be an ultra-competitive Leinster Intermediate Championship, uh, Mickey, because there's, there's, I think there's, I was I was looking even on the odds for this, and I thought Trim would be right up there for uh, for Leinster, but there's actually three teams vying for that uh, tag of favouritism. Kilcock are a decent side, Clara very good, Trim themselves, but you have to respect St. Feckins, they came through loud, they're a very decent side and they're going to give Trim um, a really stern test I'd expect on Wednesday night and it should be a cracking game. Yeah, absolutely, and when you see uh, how Glenn Emmett's put St. Vincent's to the sword uh, last weekend, I suppose no team can, no me team should be taking any loud team for granted, uh, that is for sure. Um, Davey, before we move on to our lotto segment, well, just, just to let our uh, listeners know about the Loyal Royals podcast coming up. As we said already, we have reaction from the St. Vincent's game and we're going to do a full review of their game against Glen Emmett. We'll also have um, a reaction from uh, Trim's opening round Leinster uh, uh, Intermediate Championship game on uh, Thursday. Um, we will have... The game is on Wednesday. We'll have the reaction went out on Thursday. Um, and we'll have some interviews as well from that, hopefully. And we also have reaction from the Senior Hurling final where we caught up with Pat O'Halloran, Connor Kearney and Gary Kelly after their victory over Kiltail. And as well, we want to let our loyal, loyal listeners know that to keep an eye out over the next uh, week or so, uh, we will be having, or we will be putting out there in the public domain on uh, our LGFA All-Star Awards Diary, um, which uh, myself and Davey attended there um, a couple of weeks ago. And what a day we had. There's a bit of editing in it. Um, we, we got a, quite a few interviews and, and we just did a kind of a match day diary of the whole event and uh, it's one to listen out for, but keep an eye out for that one on our Loyal Royals podcast. Davy, we're going to have a look now at some, one of our Loyal Royal podcasts last week was the managerial merry-go-round. And fascinating to see when, when I had it up on the screen and we had every team in Mead up on the screen. And then we had some, uh, the, all the teams were in black. Um, and then all of the teams that had a managerial switch or were looking for a manager or had found a manager, we had a little bit of red writing beside it. It was scary to see 
that over 50% of the teams in Mead were looking for managers or had replaced a manager, um, Davey. We talked about this on the podcast, Mickey, you know, the, the fact that there's no real longevity in club managing anymore. You know, back in the day, um, it would have been the norm for a manager to spend, you know, approximately four to five years with a club because, you know, that's the way it was. And and nowadays it's, it's almost like the soccer, as we said, if you don't have instant success in a year at two most, you know, you're out the gap, whether that's your own decision or whether that's the club's decision. Like realistically, clubs, I think, have to be have to be realistic with themselves as to where they're at. You know, if they're not challenging, they have to look for sort of progress. And the fella comes in and does a good job and lifts them from X to Y or Y to X, whatever it is, then that's a job well done. But what we're seeing across the board and, you know, the senior is the worst because I made it 13 or 14 senior teams mm. we have a few more additions to, to add to it from when we recorded even 13 or 14 out of 18 senior teams are changing their manager um, and then you work your way down into me intermediate and junior and it's the same and um it, it must be an absolute nightmare for clubs at the moment and fortunately ourselves both of Corton and Simons then don't have to to do that this year I've been there looking for managers and at the best of times it's a hard enough job to do um, but at the moment, it must be absolutely bedlam out there trying to ring fellas to even get them to sit down and do an interview for a job, let alone take one. And the funny thing is, is that like you see all the managers that have gone from certain clubs this year, you know, they're going to be going into the, the other clubs that are looking for a manager. Like, there is going to be a huge amount of crossover. It's not like we're going to, we'll say there's 54 football teams in Mead. And as we said, we'll say there's around 30 of them looking for managers. Uh, because of the vacations, the the the, the, the amount of managerial um, changes this year, and then the amount of them that have vacated their positions, they're all going to kind of switch and go to other clubs and whatever. So, what are they saying to that new club when they go in? Okay, well, I was with that club last year. We didn't win something, but I know I can win something. I, do you know what I mean? Like, I I, I don't. Because there isn't going to be 30 new managers coming in from another county or or from, you know, different clubs that they're going to come from within clubs, those 30 managers are all going to go into that merry-go-round and just go around that carousel and hop off and go into another new club. Yeah, like there's some managers, and and I I mean this with the utmost respect, that are quite happy to do that. And and then you will have a cohort of managers who are ambitious and they'll actually turn, turn down jobs because they don't think it's a good fit and they'll pick and choose where they think there's an opportunity of winning a championship or challenging to win a championship, you know? Um, and I think those are the kind of clubs and those are the appointments that sort of stand out head and shoulders above the rest. You know, we talked about it last week about Colm Kills and Sean Barry and Sean Kelly and what an excellent appointment that is with a long-term sort of vision. And that's exactly what clubs need to be doing because, like, you can have a fella coming in and he could do a year or two and he'll have his own sort of game plan and br- blueprint but then he vacates, and then what happens? Another guy comes in, and he he adopts a completely different style of play. Like, as somebody said to me over the weekend, and this, this, this struck a chord with me, and I said, Jesus, yeah. What about all the fellas that manage a club team up until under 18? And Did then he, he almost... He almost says, here you go, you go on, take it on. We have a style of play, but you, you do your thing. And then it's completely lost. Why isn't that continuation not there? See, I was just about to pull you up on the whole thing of, of Sean Kelly and Sean Barry. While it is a massive, massive um, appointment, you just wonder why, 
with all of the success they've had at underage, that the managers that, and there would have been, I suppose, an overlap of managers with a lot of those teams, why they're not moving on. Now, um, look, Sean Barry and Sean Kelly are, are proven winners and they're a great management team. But they haven't been managing St. Column Kills at underage since under 12. Do they know uh, which players need an arm around them, which players need a bit of a G up, which players can have a bit of crack? Now, they have to learn all that on the job, but exactly what yours, that's exactly the point that you're making, is that like all these lads that are doing great work at underage level with these clubs, and as they, when they get to under 18 or under 20, they just have them wrapped up and they hand them over to the new management and say, there you go. You you do what you want with them now. I think in the case of Colin Kills, it is a little bit different because Mickey Conlon was there for three or four years yeah. with the adult team and he had worked with so many of the underage players. And in his own words, when we spoke to him after the minor success last week, he said, look, I think the lads need to go off in a different direction. And that's fair enough. I reckon they'll go in and they'll have a blueprint for how they want every Colin Kills team to play for the next X amount of years. Yeah. Because they're going in and it's not going to be a short-term fix. It's going to be hopefully a long-term solution. And, you know, the end goal would obviously to be winning the Keegan Cup in four or five years. But they're realistic about that. With other clubs, I wholeheartedly agree with you, though. Um, there's some excellent coaches who, in many respects, actually, this is gas because they, they do unbelievable work with their own club underage. And then they'll go and manage another adult team uh, outside of their own club. You know what I mean? But I suppose horses for courses, there is different reasons there. But it is a curious one and one that I can't really get my head around, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's it's mad. It's the, the politics of, of, of the club team, I suppose. Davey, we have had a few additions to the managerial merry-go-round, I suppose, after all of that. We, just, we should give them a mention. If anybody wants to go back and have a listen to that managerial merry-go-round podcast, it's absolutely brilliant. And it gives you an insight into the amount of clubs in Meath that have uh, managers' jobs going at the moment. And as myself and Davey said at the end of that podcast, we might even do the We Are Meath job section. And um, there's that many uh, clubs looking for managers. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose the ones we, we, we knew about, we obviously discussed, but there was a few more that came out after that. And two massive ones, Mickey, yeah. in senior jobs with Summerhill parting ways with Pascal Keelan. And he's only there, you know, less than a year. Um, didn't really go to plan. Um, but in saying that, got to a quarter final, but probably flattered to deceive against the Retold side, who perhaps maybe were there for the taking when you look at their semi-final performance against Wolf Tones. But Pascal won't be around next year, and that that's a big job up for grabs. That's a job I'd love. Uh, uh, just putting it out there. I know. Um, I'd lo- I, like the quality. I, t- I spoke about it already earlier this year. The quality that is in that uh, Summerhill team um, from, from 1 to 25. Um, I, 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 for me, I hope that Summerhill get an inside man, and, and that the players, somebody that the players respect, someone that has been involved with them because they have unbelievably great quality coming through. And there is absolutely, you need someone who's going to play um, a style of football that suits the players in in uh, Summerhill and, and make it a shootout week on week because I think they could be one of the most entertaining teams in mid football if they were if they were given that free reign 
the one and only solution and option in the club to be that man is Conor Gillespie. And that needs to happen. He he is a man who would have the utmost of respect from the players. He was a brilliant footballer. He's done a bit of coaching already. I think he'd be a perfect fit for them at this at this point in time. But let's let's wait and see on that one. The other massive one, and in fact, this is probably the biggest one of the lot, to be honest with you, across the board, is Retolt and uh, the departure of Brian Farrell. Um, of course, winning back-to-back uh, Keegan Cups. Brian was there for the second one of those, um, but obviously beaten in the semi-final this year. Injury, you know, stricken, retold and depleted, but whether that was a, a mutual decision, Brian hasn't decided to go for a third year, and that is a massive, massive job up for grabs. Absolutely huge, and I can just see a massive rift now as well in the Farrell household because both Dudley and Brian are available and Nobber are looking for a manager, their own home club. So will there be a fight between the two of them to take the job or will they go in and take the Nobber job together uh, as a duo? Um, I can't see that happening. But um, yeah, uh, no, I just put a tongue-in-cheek there. But, but both of them, it's funny that both of them are, 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 are obviously Dudley left for a Kenny and now Brian is left with Holt and the Nobber job is available. Yeah, the Nobber job is available, but uh, we'll come to Nobber in Instagram Interactive in a couple of minutes because that has raised its head. Brian might need to go back as a footballer, not a manager, Mickey, the way things are looking in Nobber, but we, we will come back to that in Instagram Interactive in a couple of minutes' time. Yeah, big the, story there, big story there. Yeah, there was a couple of voids filled last week as well, thankfully, so it's not all vacancies, and thankfully some clubs are um, doing a bit of business, and none more so than Screen. To me, this is the best... Arguably the best appointment of the lot to date, and it is the um, was the announcement of none other than Davy Byrne, of course, formerly of Retoth, won a junior and more recently a, a senior championship in Retoth only a couple of years ago. Uh, was managing in Westmead, I think he was with Tyrrell's Pass this year, but he's left there and he's joined up with Screen. What an appointment that is for the club! Yeah, absolutely brilliant, proven record. Um, you know, only down the road as well. From from Rathout or from Screen, um, and don't you know that first round of the championship next year, Group A is obviously going to have Trim and Balnebracky, and Group B is going to have Screen and Rathout. It yeah, absolutely, it's it's <laughs> destined. But I, I'm I'm I think that's a really really smart appointment by the Screen Club and a club that are, are absolutely going in the right direction. To be honest with you, Mickey, and I, I think he could take them possibly on to the next level. And um, one other. Um, club that have uh, announced the manager is slain. So um, the outgoing one there was, of course, Owen Feely, the player manager for the last couple of years. But they've uh, recruited from inside with uh, Jimmy Harding going in to take the job there in Slane. So that'll be an interesting one to see how they go. They'll be starting life back in Junior 2 or Junior B in 2022. So possibly a chance to build for Jimmy. Yeah, absolutely. And and delighted that Slane acted quickly and got that position filled. Um, and, you know, Owen Feely, I'm sure he'll still be involved and, and will still be playing and concentrate on playing now a little bit, getting to the end of his years maybe. Um, but we'll be able to give it his all for, for, for the next year or two um, on the field. And uh, yeah, good appointment there from within the club. Jimmy Hardy, best of luck to him. And of course, best of luck to David Byrne on the screen as well. 
Um, so that's, uh, that's it. That's it for the moment, Mickey. I haven't heard of any other uh, posts being filled as of yet. There's a lot. I'm just looking down at the sheet. There's a lot of clubs without and the manager beside them, but not too many within yet. So we will keep an eye on that. This is going to be a weekly segment, obviously, the way things are shaping. Yeah, absolutely. And this could this could this could roll on uh, to January or February or March as well, Davy, with the amount of uh, positions that need to be filled. And I suppose with the amount of positions that need to be filled, I think a lot of clubs are going to have to start looking within the club and maybe look at what we were talking about. The people who brought these players up through the ranks and brought them to adult level, maybe it's their ter- turn and their time to shine. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coyne & Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046-955-1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. So, Davey, we're going to move now and do our lotto segment. Have many of the PROs been in contact with you? I've had a couple. I've had a couple as well, Mickey. I was just going to say it's a seamless transition into it because a lot of these managers are going to have to be funded by the club lottos. <laughs> um, so they've become an all-important and the Jocelyn and Royal Gales could you have to fund a, a big name Davey, there as well? Yeah, David, the managers will be getting expenses. And, uh, just yes, of course. Of course. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to clarify that, David. <laughs> I hope they're keeping all the receipts, lunch, dinner, everything. <laughs> the chocolate and Royal Gales, Mickey. Um, no jackpot winner last week. €13,000. It's currently capped at the numbers drawn were 1, 17, 18 and 23. Uh, there was six match three winners who collect €35 Euro each. Conor Gagan, Laura Burke, John Roach, Kieran Wright, Regina Rattigan, and finally, that girl again, Neva Sullivan. And the next draw takes place on Monday, the 22nd, which is tonight, half eight live on Facebook. 30,000 euro of a jackpot, 30,000 of a reserve, 3,600 of a second reserve. You can play that one on Club Force. Dunsany. Uh, 8, 12, 19 and 24 were the winning uh, or not winning numbers the numbers that were drawn one match three winner who was uh, Mary Long and she collects 150 euro for her troubles 9,300 euro is the jackpot next week so growing all the time Manalvi GFC no jackpot winner of their 10,000 euro jackpot which, which it's been capped on for some time now 7,900 the reserve increases to the winning numbers were 1, 8, 9 and 15 320 euro winners who were Brendan Kyo, Colette Duffy, and Liam and Angela Harnan. Uh, Monday the 22nd, you can play it on manavigfc.ie or on the Club Force app. My own quarter in GFC making 6,900 euro of a jackpot last Friday night was not one. Winning numbers were 1, 21, 29, and 30. Uh, 520 euro winners were Maria Renix, Carol Walsh, Toss Rourke, Edwina uh, Dollarill. And Vera Harford, 7,000 euro of a jackpot next week and another retro jersey there at courtengfc.ie or courtengfc.com forward slash auto. Apologies. <laughs> Got my own club wrong. Um, Gail Column Kill, they roll on with their 12,000 euro jackpot, which it's currently capped at. The numbers drawn last week were 2, 12, 17, and 26. They didn't have to shed a penny, Mickey, because there was no match three winners. 
uh, which means that it rolls on to this Thursday night where there's €12,000 up for grabs. Yeah, the they, clubs do love to see that happening, all right, when, when there's nobody with three numbers. And interestingly enough, we're going to move on now to Simonstown. Their jackpot last week was 7150 There was no winner. And there's three lucky dip winners, Catherine Cal, Jimmy Murray and Sonia Tobin. The numbers drawn were 18, 24, 28 and 30. I don't know whether Simonson do a lucky dip or they do match trees because some weeks there's only one person uh, uh, and then some weeks there's three or four. So I'm presuming it's uh, match tree numbers uh, instead of lucky dip. And uh, the final one, oh yeah, you can do uh, the lotto um, in Simonston on the club's app. Go to any of their social media pages and you will get the link. And the same with Centristown, go to any of their social media pages and you will get the link or go to Smart Lotto. Uh, .ie and you will be able to get onto the Central Stone page there and do their lotto. Their lotto is a massive 10,000 euro at the moment. Simonson's lotto next Friday will be 7,200 euro. Um, Davey, that's all the lotto, I think. That's it for me as well, Mickey, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to move on to our Instagram interactive, Davey, and I think we've had a few people uh, getting involved this week. We have, Mickey, a mental week over on Instagram Interactive, uh, so we'll get straight into it. The first one coming in here from Emer Faye, and she says, Navadam Ahni's ladies. Yeah, absolutely. Look, that's all you have to say, Navadam Ahni's ladies. They're just going from strength to strength. Uh, true to the, uh, the quarterfinal, I think, isn't it, of the Leinster now after that victory over Kilcock. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal stuff. Uh, Eddie Kirby next in, and he said, the Jubilee is blue. The Jubilee is blue. It's over there in Kildaki, and uh, there was jubilation on the field as well afterwards. Um, absolutely brilliant scenes there. Um, I got speaking to Gary Kelly and the man in the match, Conor Kearney, and joint manager Pat O'Halloran. And you know, the I think this meant more. This this one has meant more than any of their previous um, uh, championship wins. They've won four since 2010, but by God, did this one mean a whole lot to that to that uh, village and parish. Very much so. Bertie McLaughlin is next in and he said, Boards Mills, great revival in the last six minutes. Knocked the stuffing out of drumery. Yeah, well, look, they did. They were losing, losing by seven points and came back to a level. And uh, drumery were caught in the headlights at extra time and only managed a point. Tom O'Connor said, Fulham are top of the league. Well, they're, they're yeah, they're... they're Top of the second league, aren't they? Isn't that it? I don't yeah, Tom, Tom is uh, jumping on another bandwagon, Mickey, because uh, he actually went over and watched Fulham uh, over the weekend. So no uh, now, now that Curraha and Dunham Rashburn have been beaten and are finished, he has to try and follow another club for the winter months, and he's decided to jump on the Fulham bandwagon of all teams. It, uh, he has no shame, that fella. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely none. Uh, Joe McQueenie said, Dumboyne ladies. Yeah, again, uh, a machine, a well-oiled machine at that. And as we said, we want to watch their progress this year. They have a big one coming up against Cabin Teeley, Fox Rock, isn't it? And, it is. uh, you know, so if they get over them, the sky is the limit for this team. But look, they won't take anybody for granted. Navdomatni said, Nom youngsters leading the way again in Leinster. Yeah, the the this young Navin O'Matney's ladies team, absolutely incredible stuff. And uh, they're just playing with a freedom and, you know, the shackles off and they're just enjoying the football. Yeah, very much so. Um, Matthew Chute is next in and he says, Glenn Emmett's beating Vincent so easily. 
Yeah, we spoke about that earlier on in the um, in the podcast. I suppose for St. Vincent's, their only goal this year was to win that junior championship. And it's very hard when you've tried for four years, you know, to win a championship and to win it and then have to try and, you know, come down and build yourself back up in such a short space of time to go into a Leinster campaign. Um, I don't think St. Vincent's will be too worried about that. Jimmy Flatterty said Vincent's getting bet on the pitch and on the streets. Don't know anything about that. Don't know anything about that. We'll have to uh, leave that one to the Gardaí to investigate. We're not going to investigate. Adam, Adam Tudor has followed that in by saying, do leak lads barred from Bex? Oh, Jesus Christ. Are you putting uh, two and two together, Mickey? I'm, uh, yeah, and I've got 22 here, Davey. <laughs> and I can't wait for next year's Intermediate Championship already. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, fascinating stuff going on there we, we, no idea what's what's happened but we will wait for the draw next year and hope that those two get each other because that should be tasty um, so we know so we know what the draw for junior or for senior group A that's Trevor Bannabracky group B is going to be screen and repose and now we know that in the intermediate championship in group A it's going to be Jalik Betty's that's if it's it's <laughs> Um, Alan McCormick just said Kildalki on fire. Yeah, look, they were they were absolutely brilliant. You know, they they just dominated it. Like they, they just kept that scoreboard ticking. And every time they now look, Kiltail, every time uh, Kildalki got seven points ahead, w- would muster up a goal. They got two goals, like you know, throughout the game, and both of them were were when they were seven points down. To give some glimmer of hope, but they weren't able to follow them up. And um, Kildaki were able to go up the other end of the field and get the next score or two after that. Yeah, very dominant from Kildaki. Paddy Bonville uh, said Kildaki not getting a Friday night game for once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the one time that they don't get a Friday night game is the the, the championship final. <laughs> yeah, um, Jack Quinn said Ollie's crashed the bus. We we, we 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 talked about that at the start of the game. I think he, I I don't think he crashed the bus. I think uh, he was taken off the bus before he could fully crash it. He was grinding. I, along. I think it was pretty badly damaged at that stage. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he was grinding along the ditch, so he was there for a while, like a drunk a drunk man behind the wheel. And uh, somebody managed to climb onto the bus before it came to a halt and pulled him out of that seat. And uh, we just don't know who's driving the bus anymore. <laughs> Yeah, Jack Walsh uh, came in and he said Shamrock Rovers lifting the cup back-to-back champions, SRFC. Yeah, and they had to come from behind, I think, uh, the other night, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's that right. game, 2-1. Um, yeah, and two goals from, uh, what's his name? Uh, was it Danny Mandrew, no? I think it was. It was actually, yeah. Two good goals there were, yeah. Um, sparked off wild celebrations in the stand. Absolutely. Colin McAreevy next in, and he said three scores in the Dublin senior final. If that was Ulster, there would be a GAA tribunal. Um, This is a me podcast. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could have said it better myself. Uh, possibly, <laughs> though, with, with an interest for St. Peter's to buy and look at yeah, that. But, oh, yeah, we, we will see. Well, no, um, for, for, for Wolf Tones, you bought Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> what did I say to Boyd? Here's the Boyd. Well, maybe the ladies have an interest in it too. So, why can't yeah, they true, go and man. win that too? You absolutely, never know. Absolutely. 
Cut out of a hole there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Liam Byrne just said Drumree's loss in the intermediate final, a hard one to swallow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, look, we spoke about it already. Seven points up and we're coasting to victory. And uh, yeah, we've seen we've seen some amazing comebacks in the championship, both football and hurling this year. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact P.R. Coyne & Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. And Ronan Conheedy says, Retolt destroying Lock Crew. That was in the minor hurling final. In the minor hurling. Well, 210 to 10 points. We never mentioned that, actually. Um, Lock Crew, Dale Cullen Kill, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was. And uh, uh, both teams in their first minor, to win to win their, to win the minor final, it would have been their first in in huge amount of years um, for either of them. I think it was Lockrew, Gail Colum Kill's first appearance in a minor Harlem final in quite some time as well. Uh, 210 to 10 points, that's that's not a hammering, is it? No, no, I think it's just a, a pretty big, big win for Retolt, you know, and yeah. there was there was all sorts of things brandished about them, you know, they never win a Harlem and they're the football only club and this, that and the other. It's just proven, I suppose, that they're they're there to stay, aren't they? Um, Gary McGovern next in, and this is the elephant in the room, Mickey, and of course, Gaz will be right on with finger on the pulse with the Jordan Morris transfer. Yeah, Gary McGovern has his finger on a lot of things these days, so he does, but uh, on the pulse is definitely one of them, Davey. And uh, yeah, look, the rumour the rumor has gathered legs all week. I suppose we heard it early in the week. Um, and since then, it has... Uh, Blossomed, let's just say, this rumour. And um, from my sources, um, apparently he is looking to move to Kingscourt. Um, and Kingscourt would be delighted to have him, I believe. His father did play for, for Kingscourt um, back in the day. Yeah, and his grandfather as well. And yeah. I think technically his address at the moment is actually Kingscourt as well. I think it could be one of those Kingscourt County Mead if there is such a thing. But essentially it would be an inter-county transfer and they're a lot more straightforward than club to club in the in the same county. Um, now, fear not Mead supporters, he will still be playing uh, inter-county football with Mead. And I have been assured of that as well, Mickey. So... Um, I suppose for, for non-nobber people out there, obviously it's disappointing for everybody to lose a talent like that in uh, not just nobber, but in the county of Mead to a different club. But um, that's probably going to rumble on for a few weeks. I can't imagine, you know, we're after talking about nobber, they need a new manager to lose Jordy Morris, having lost Brian Farrell a couple of years ago with Sean Mead possibly going travelling next year would leave them in dire straits. And I'm not quite sure where it would leave them, to be brutally honest, but you're losing a county man, particularly when you're a small rural club. Um, but there definitely is um, there definitely is some substance to it, and, and I think it's in the process at the moment. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that. But I suppose from a Mead standpoint, he's still going to be playing football with Mead, which is something. 
Yeah, which is great. And just going back to that, um, Gail Cullum kill, uh, Lockrew Gales against Rathod. The last time Gail Cullum kill were in the minor final in 2009. I don't know if that would have been Lockrew Gales as well, though. But um, the, the last time that Rathod won a minor hurling championship was in 1969, which... Uh, which is absolutely crazy, and, and Gail Colum Kill won it in 2009. So, um, yeah, well done to Rathoth on that victory in the minor. And uh, Noel Brady just said Luke Dempsey coming into Kells. Yeah, absolutely. We spoke about this. Um, we spoke about this on our Loyal Royals podcast, um, the managerial merry-go-round one. And yeah, look, I this could this is going to test both the team and the manager. We're going to see how good. Both of them are. Um, and if Luke Dempsey is that good of a manager, we're going to see it in Gail Cullum Kill Kells. And because he, he's been with some high profile teams um, that were star studded, this is a star studded uh, Gail Cullum Kills team as well. Some people would say that they're maybe on, the, on a downward slope after being on such a high for the last number of years. And um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can you know, reignite them and bring them back to the top of the pile in uh, in, in mid circles. So, yeah, watch this space with, with both of them and Luke Dempsey and Gail Colin Kill. That's going to be a very interesting one, David. Very much so. Uh, Sean Brennan next in, and he said, uh, Owen Griffin's performance against Dunry under-20s. Uh, do you know much about this one, David? So this was actually the Stefan Omweloj Trophy, which takes place annually between the two clubs. And uh, Dundry did win this uh, final on a scoreline of 2-9 to 3-4 against Clannagale. Essentially, it's an under-20 or under-21 game. (coughs) Um, And I didn't hear too much about Owen Griffin's performance, but I know that Sean Brennan inspired um, Dundry as captain to the success um, and, and a big win for Dundry there in that. And there was another follow-up from Don O'Leary who said, Sean Brennan, a.k.a. captain superstar for Dundry under-20s. He was mentioned again by Johnny Foster and saying, Sean Brennan's unbelievable speech after Dundry's win. And Owen Cosgrove was next in by saying, Sean Brennan didn't stop practising his interviews. Did uh, Sean Brennan was the first person in with a, uh, an Instagram interview. He was, yeah, was yeah. He? Was it a case that he was just kind to, you know, via Griffin, get some people to start talking about him? You know, was potentially, it potentially, potentially? Yeah. But then again, these names don't show, so people won't know. You True. know, he sent that one in initially, so you know, we'll, we'll give him the benefit of. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. The next one in is from Kieran Devaney, and that was. Followed up by uh, Kira, Kira Nikuilon. Uh, Kieran Devaney says, Kilmes and Camogie with a fire sign. And uh, Kira just said, Kilmes and Camogie, senior county champions. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as we said, Nafina uh, pipped them a couple of years ago, but uh, Kilmes and Camogues have come back and stamped their authority. And, you know, as you said already earlier on, they've just shown um, uh, Nafina that, look, if you want to beat us, we're, we're the big dogs. We know how to do this. Adam McDonnell uh, said Gavin McVan should have been brought on for Kiltail. Um, you, look, um, let me just like I don't think I don't think anybody was going to make much of a difference for Kiltail. You know, um, all the matchups were were 
perfect by Kildalki. And if uh, Gavin McVan had come on, you know, I can't see how he would have made much of a difference to uh, a rampant Kildalki side. Dean Pepper said Stephen Wood's return and going into management. Is he? It would but, be a massive blow. What a servant he's been to command him. Yeah, but like, you know, with all the jobs that are going out there, I'm nearly thinking of giving up the podcast. <laughs> giving up your day job. Yeah, giving up the day <laughs> All job. these expenses, Mickey. <laughs> absolutely. And do, and do the podcasts as well. Yeah, absolutely. David Ferris said four sleeps to Friday, lads. Four sleeps to Friday. Um, is that right now? What day is today? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Monday. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, four sleeps to four Jesus. sleeps. Jesus, well done. Johnny Mitchell said Stevie Gibbons marrying into Kiltail and Manalvi, the board's mill faithful aren't happy. He's marrying into two parishes. Yeah. Jesus. Kiltail for hurling and Manalvi for football, I presume. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. True, true. Um, and who's not happy about this? The whole aboard's mill. <laughs> oh, the whole aboard's mill. Oh, Jesus Christ, you can't go back to all them. So. Absolutely. Uh, Joe McQueenie is asking, is there an under-20 uh, club football happening? And if so, when does it start? Well, Joe, it there is. And it starts on the first weekend in December, which is the third or fourth that weekend. Uh, it's a straight knockout, I believe to try and get as many games played before Christmas, but uh, they're up against the clock, and there's rumoured to be only possibly two or three divisions. In fact, I think the draw is taking place, if not tonight, then tomorrow for that, so clubs will know their fate uh, fairly soon. Wow. Um, and to have them run off so quickly um, will be very, very interesting. Like They'll get a few games in before Christmas, but like the finals will have to be played January, February, I, I presume, Davy. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Buckley uh, asked Trim for senior hurling and football next year. Uh, well, judging by their hurling results this year, um, they're, they're a long way off the mark or what they were last year. Um, and football-wise, you know, they are a team to watch going into that senior championship. Um, I think the style of football in the senior championship might suit them a whole lot better than intermediate did. Absolutely. Dylan asked, will Boards Mill re- be relegated next year? Who knows? <laughs> it's a, tough, it's a tough gig. It is a tough gig going up to, to senior to try and establish yourself as well. Well, as is, he the the footballers? is he on about the footballers? Is he on about the footballers or the hurlers? <laughs> I, I don't know. I presume the hurlers, but you never quite know, I suppose. Uh, like Joseph, yeah. well, they're up against it with both um, because if, the, if they're going to pump all their energy into the hurling, um, and, you know, the football takes a secondary uh, seat, then, you know, they're going to have to stay up in senior hurling. And and we saw, as you said already, Wolf Tones struggled this year. Now, look, Wolf Tones, intermediate winning team compared to their championship, senior championship team was an awful lot different. Um, and that was only in the space of a few weeks, Davey. Um, yeah, yeah. But, like, Boards Mill, Boards Mill are operating in junior championship, aren't they? They are. So if they if they don't have you know the full um, uh, interest in that junior championship, they can find themselves in junior two the following year. So both of their teams are going to have to be be ready for 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 tough tough years. Joseph Shepherd Brady said hashtag tones for Leinster get it going. Uh, 
Absolutely. Um, we get that going. They're up against it against Kilmacud, but um, you know, they've a style of football that could actually counteract the way Kilmacud play. Evan Connor said Tommy Fields showed no uh, need for a knee bandage on Saturday night with the two dancing emojis. <laughs> and where was he dancing in Bex? I, I'm not sure. I've seen him dancing in a house somewhere. I think uh, he kicked an unbelievable sideline, actually. Uh, got a point from the sideline um, on Saturday. Um, what a cameo from Mr. Field. Knee bandage was was in use there, but must have been uh, well uh, lubed up at that stage by the time he hit the dance floor on Saturday night. Jack Byrne is in as well, and he said, uh, do leak lads taking their anger out on St. Vincent's because they won nothing all year? Oh, God. Um, uh, that's adding fuel to the 2 plus 2 earlier on. Now I'm up at about 222, Davy after that one. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's starting to become clearer the picture here. Absolutely. Um, Robert Purfield, there's tongue-in-cheek to this one as well. He said, tones won't fear the tubs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Alan McCormick said, the Jubilee Cup is shiny and blue. Um, I'd say now today it mightn't be as shiny as it was on Sunday. Yeah, there's a few lads feeling blue today. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that is it eventually, Mickey. A marathon Instagram interactive has finally uh, concluded. Although one has just popped in this minute from Adam Smith, and he said Simonstown to win the under 20s and Peter Duffy to captain them. Ah, there you go. And what a way to finish the podcast! Peter Duffy is going to lift. Uh, the under-20s uh, uh, trophy for Simon's 10. Uh, you heard it here, folks. Uh, you heard it here first, folks. And uh, what a day it'll be in the Duffy household when when when, when he comes home with that trophy, Davey. Absolutely. He's been very quiet lately, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think I think one of us upset him uh, recently. Um, and Jelly has been quite quiet as well. Jelly is Again, you know, just to let our, let our friend... Who? Who upset him? Come on, Mickey, you're always upsetting him. Ah, heaven's sake, Stevie. Come on now, he knows me. He uh, he knows I wouldn't mean anything that I say. But uh, just an update. Uh, we did say we'd come back and let everybody know how Jelly was. And um, there has been an update. He did text me about the, the lotto in Simonstown. And uh, he is now working in Seven Arches um, in Navin. So Jelly. he's looking to make sure that Jelly is okay and uh, is safe and sound down there at the Seven Arches and uh, hand in your Simonstown uh, uh, lotto to him. Or if you don't have one, he'll give you one. So he will. But um, yeah, Davey, I suppose from our Instagram Interactive, the big story is um, Jordy Morris. And uh, we're going to have to follow that one over the next few weeks and see um, what comes of it. That's going to be huge, yeah, of course, for, for Nobber um, and for and for Jordy. I mean, what a player Kingscourt would be getting as well. I know you're close to the Cavan club scene as well, Mickey, and I think they're there thereabouts, aren't they, for the last few years. He could be the the difference or the catalyst for them to go on and, and really dominate, possibly. Yeah, you know, like he's, uh, I suppose it's, it's, it's a position that would need to be filled in, in, in the Kingscourt side as a, you know, they do have Barry Riley and they have, Corrigan and Barry Tully and all these players, but I suppose Barry Barry Riley holds the can for for the scoring. Um, uh, Dylan as well at full forward, but 
it would take the pressure off a couple of their main men in that forward line if Jordy Morris was to go to them. I, look, I would not like to see Jordy Morris leaving Nobber, but uh, what would be would be. Um, and uh, it, he would be a massive addition to that Kings Court side who have been there, thereabouts, and he could be the catalyst to uh, win the senior championship for now for, for, for Kings Court. Um, of course, I think it was last year when they beaten finalists last year. Or was it the year beforehand after uh, a replay? But uh, yeah, look, we'll have to follow that story quite uh, closely and uh, and hope that Jordy Morris is uh, is another player uh, for 2022. Um, as long as you know he's still with Mead as well, that's 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 a huge part of it as well, Davy. So um, yeah, we'll watch that with bated uh, breath. Yeah, absolutely. That's it, Mickey, for this week. Cool. Well, that's it from this episode of the We Are Mead podcast. We are Mead. Why? matters more.